When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Go, you Redbirds! Go, you Redbirds! On the battle, fight for ISU! Welcome to In the Nest, the Illinois State Athletics Podcast. Now, here's the voice of the Redbirds, John Fitzgerald. Hi again and welcome in to another edition of In the Nest, the official podcast of Illinois State Redbird Athletics from Learfield. I'm John Fitzgerald, and today we are joined by the reigning Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year and the Valley's Newcomer of the Year for women's basketball, as well as one of the newest members of the WNBA's Dallas Wings. Our guest today, Paige Robinson, and today's conversation brought to you in part by Jason's Deli. Redbird fans, all good things start with wholesome ingredients. Visit Jason's Deli in Normal on Veterans Parkway today and receive free ice cream with every purchase. Paige, thanks so much for joining us here today. And I'm sure the last couple of weeks since that April 10th WNBA draft has probably been a bit of a whirlwind, both mentally and physically for you. Oh, it has. Um, Now that it's been a couple of weeks now, I think things are starting to settle down for me. So it's coming down to earth and I'm just like forever grateful for all the support I've gotten so far. And I'm excited to see what's next. You know, it's one thing when people get drafted. Obviously, it's it's very limited in the National Basketball Association on the men's side. Football's a little bit different. Baseball, there's multiple, multiple rounds with 30 teams. It's a limited pool, not only of teams in the WNBA, but factor in the fact that you're the first player in ISU history to hear their name called at the draft. That's a pretty, really special occurrence. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about that I'm the first one from Illinois State to be called on draft night. Um, there's been so many 
amazing players that have came through um, Illinois State, and for me to be the first one is surprising to me, but I mean, it's it's kind of a cool experience to be that first person, and hopefully we can bring some more athletes in and, and ho- hopefully get some more in Redbirds uniform in the WNBA. Incredible honor. As a matter of fact, I think you are the first Valley player since about 2015, so about eight years ago, who heard her name called in the WNBA draft, and just to go back, back at April 10th, third round selection of the Dallas Wings. That's the 31st overall pick in the WNBA draft this year. And you're coming off your one and only campaign here in normal. As we said, the Valley Player of the Year, Newcomer of the Year as well. Average over 18 points, three assists, five rebounds, double figures in 27 games this year. You know, let, let's start first with the aspect of with your talent level, with the success you have had as a collegian, both at Drury University and this year at Illinois State, obviously the ability, potential to play professional basketball has always been a reality. How about at the highest level, though, in the WNBA? When did that start to become something that you thought was obscenely attainable for you? Yeah, I mean, after my fourth year at Drury, I was really looking to go to the Division One level to you know, advance my game, get better in a lot of different aspects. Um, And so ultimately I found that Illinois State was the best place for me. Um, And that was because I wanted to go to the next level. I wanted to play professional basketball. I didn't want to just come here for one year and just be done with basketball forever. So obviously I came here, um, had a great year, but ultimately my goal was to be successful at Illinois State and then hopefully, you know, be attracted to professional like overseas scouts and stuff like that um so this year i mean i really didn't think about the wnba too much i was focused on you know what i needed to do to make our team successful and i think it didn't really settle in until i started talking to my agent and he's like this is a real possibility and i just like i couldn't wrap my head around that i think until draft night when i heard my heard my name called and so now that it's like happening, it's just such a surreal experience. It's it's still hard for me to believe. And again, there are, there are so few teams. I believe twelve teams in the WNBA. There just aren't that many opportunities of people to get drafted. So I mean, all the more that this is such a a really special achievement for you. And and let's start here. Go a little bit in the wayback machine. Obviously, a native of Bethany, Illinois. Am I correct? About twelve hundred. You are. <laughs> for a population. Yep. And southeast of Decatur, kind of between Decatur and Mattoon. Yep, yep. Right on 121 there. I hope I pronounce this right because I am from Chicago. Um, is it Okaw Valley? Okaw Valley. Okaw yeah. Valley High School. Had an incredible career at Okaw Valley. As a matter of fact, you were the first two-time player of the year by the Decatur newspaper in your junior and senior year there. You go to you had you had great success at the high school level. What made Drury University and the Great Lakes Valley Conference be your landing spot out of high school? Yeah, so I graduated with about forty eight kids in my class. So super tiny high school. Um, the AAU team I played for wasn't huge either. So the exposure wasn't necessarily there um, in my favor. But I had some Division one offers. I had a lot of um, good Division Two offers as well, obviously. And the Division One offers I had weren't appealing to me because I was more focused on team success. 
So I didn't want to go into a program where I was going to go in and maybe win, you know, a few games a year, not even have a shot at the conference title. Um, just be miserable. I'm just, I'm just such a competitor and a winner. Um, so Drury University ultimately, ultimately appealed to me because they were, you know, a Division II powerhouse. They had had success for the past several years, and the coaching staff there just really sold that to me. And the girls down there, when I when I went on campus, I mean, they were just so awesome. And so, I think it was just the best fit for me right out of high school. And I'm thankful for my four years there. Obviously, as you mentioned, that's a women's basketball program that's had a tremendous amount of success through the years before and during your time with the Panthers. But just to go back, Great Lakes Valley Conference, fresh from the year, your first year, first team all GLVC as a sophomore. Then your junior year, your NCAA Division II Player of the Year in a shortened season because of COVID, obviously. Come back for your senior year. And you missed the first two months because of injury and still were able to put together an All-American campaign, averaging over 21 points per game. At that point, after the injury at the start of your senior year, you had mentioned that later on you wanted to go Division One to really be attractive to professional scouts. But at what point did you start thinking about using that final year at the Division One level? Was it junior, senior year during your time? Because obviously it was just an incredible run of success both you and Drury had as a team during your time in Springfield. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely in my head um, my junior and senior year, but ultimately, you know, that junior year looked a little bit different because of COVID. Um, So I I really wanted to focus on, you know, getting to that national championship game, and ultimately we did and ended up losing. But my senior year, I kind of wanted to come back and get back to that point. Um, we didn't end up doing that, but it was just always in my head that, like, I feel like I wasn't finished at Drury until, you know, I finished out my, my four years of eligibility there. Um, after we lost in the regional tournament my senior year, it I mean, it was hard for me because of how good we were the whole entire year. Um, like you mentioned, I, I had the inter- injury that put me out for two months, but... Um, I mean, really, until the season ended, I did not know what I was going to do. I didn't know if I was going to stay for my fifth year. Um, but I, I really liked the potential of going to that Division One level. Um, but it was also very risky for me because, you know, you can go into the portal and, you know, a team sees, oh, this kid only has one year. They might not have much faith in me. They might want to invest in somebody that has a couple more years or um, a few more years in them, but um, I mean, I'm thankful I put my name in the portal and Illinois State reached out and here we are. And I want to go back to kind of your matriculation to Illinois State. <clears throat> so you go into the portal after your career's done at Drury. How's the process go then at that point? And I, you know, I, I think as you mentioned, it's risky because you just had one year left from an eligibility standpoint. That's obviously, as the last couple of years has gone by, becoming a lot more and more prevalent these days, especially with people using that COVID year. But as you went into it, kind of what were your aspirations? What were your expectations? And how did it all play out to end up in Bloomington Normal? Yeah. Um, I mean, as soon as my name hit the portal, I got a lot of attention from a lot of different levels. Um, Division two, Division three, NAIA, um, and I was like, "Hey guys, <laughs> I'm trying to move up a level, not go back down." But no, I mean, it was such a, it was a crazy experience to be a part of. I had phone calls all the time, and it was like high school recruiting, like on steroids. It was, <laughs> it was, it was, was nerve wracking, and like 
a somewhat stressful experience, but it was also really cool to be able to like get to know coaches, get to know players when I reached out to them. Um, but the main thing I was looking for, um, I mean, I only had one year left. I didn't want to go somewhere where I wasn't going to be able to play my game. I wanted to go somewhere, you know, that I would fit into the system that they currently had. Um, I wanted to go somewhere where the coaches believed that I could step in and make an impact, you know, right away. And I mean, I think that there were several different schools that had a vision for me, but the coaching staff here just had the best vision and, and sold it the best for me. Um, and they just had faith on in me from the first day that we started talking. And we really built that relationship from the ground up. And I'm just so thankful that, you know, I found Illinois State and it was in my backyard. Um, it was so cool to come back home and, and play in front of a home crowd. So, I mean, I, I do not regret my decision whatsoever. I'm just so thankful that I, that I chose this place and that they chose me. You know, as you talked about kind of being um, a one-and-done player, for lack of a better term, with your graduate year taking place this past year here at Illinois State, it might be risky as far as fitting in from a team construct and coaching staffs who kind of want to build long-term and not necessarily maybe in the year at hand. But not only, A, obviously on the court did you make an immediate impact, you were a huge backbone of an incredibly successful program that has only continued to build during this past year and have a tremendous amount of success under head coach Kristen Gillespie. But really the thing that that struck me, and obviously this is my first year down in town as well, but the way that, that this community and fan base embraced you, that that shows something special about you because that's a rarity for somebody who was just here for one single year. And boy, you became a fan favorite very quickly. Oh my gosh. The support is unreal here. Um, I could not believe how much support that I was given and the rest of the team and, and the staff um, have received this whole entire year. I mean, they made me feel like I've been here my whole collegiate career. Um, so for me to think back and like think that, you know, this has only been one year is crazy to me because I just feel like this is home to me, even though, you know, it's been less than a year since I stepped on campus. Right. And so... I mean, I, I just couldn't have asked for a better fifth year for me. Obviously, you guys had a ton of success on the courts during this past year. How was the assimilation with your teammates as that new player, obviously, who has a ton of accolades, including Division II Player of the Year coming on? Sometimes, maybe with a bit of a crooked eye, your new teammates could look at you and say, this person is going to take minutes, points, shots, all those things away from me. How, how did that kind of develop as you got onto campus here? Yeah, I mean, I knew I was going to be the new kid on campus, and I wanted to come in this summer or last summer and kind of prove, like, my position and my worth um, on this team. I didn't want to come in and be all cocky and be like, no, this is how it's going to be. I, I wanted to put the work in and prove that I deserved it. And, um, you know, my teammates helped me along the way. They were great. Um, I couldn't have asked for better teammates throughout this this last season. And um, they just really welcomed me with open arms. Uh, I mean, we're all so competitive and wanted, you know, the best for our team. And um, a lot of times that may have been, you know, me scoring the ball or finding the open girl or whatever it may be. but. I mean, they just embraced me, and that's all I could ask for. 
I had the opportunity to do a couple of your games this past winter, both on radio and TV. And the thing that really jumped out at me is obviously how hard you guys play collectively as a team going in. The talent level jumps out as well, to be perfectly honest with you. But it seemed that this was just a really very close-knit club. Yeah, I mean, from the very start, I think we started a lot of relationships off strong um, from the summer building up to preseason and the season. And I think just as the season went on, like our team chemistry just got better and better with adversity. And, you know, we've been through a lot together that, you know, maybe a lot of people don't know, but I think it's only made us stronger and, um, you know, a lot of teams you see in the in the Valley or in the NCAA in general, they like to bicker a lot. They, they fight with each other and, you know, this and that. But I think that we just came together. I think our huddles were tight. Um, we didn't splinter off. We were just all together. We knew the bigger picture, and that was to be, you know, MVC champions. And ultimately we got to there. And so I'm just thankful that we found that team chemistry early on and just kept building onto it. Talk a little bit. Obviously, you're kind of an outside view still because you've only been here one year and you've seen this program from afar being just kind of down the road in Bethany. How has this program built, been built over the last couple of years under Coach Gillespie? And what do you kind of see in the future for Redbird women's basketball? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about where this program was when Coach G came in um, and took over the head coaching position here. Um, the growth that she and her staff and all of the work that they've put in to get us to this point, um, it just makes the players want to play for her even more, um, play for her even harder, put the dirty work in, you know, a um, lot of blood, sweat, and tears put in for her and the staff. and. Um, I mean, I think it's only going to keep growing. There's no way that, you know, this is the stopping point. I think that it's just going to keep um, going up. And I'm excited to see, you know, what next year and the years following um, have for Coach G and her staff here. You know, as you said, you haven't even been on campus for a full calendar year yet at this point. But I I get the feeling, and you just referenced it a little bit, as, as you look forward to the future of this program and kind of being involved that this feels like a little bit more than a 10 11th month stop for you on your career base from a friendship and just kind of an ownership of this program yeah i mean there's no way that i'm going to get away from this place i mean you know going into wnba or into overseas play um i'm just always going to keep in contact with them they're such a family-based coaching staff and team and so I'm just always going to be, you know, welcomed with open arms. And so I'm just excited to see, you know, what the future holds for them and hopefully be a little bit, a little piece of it, but we'll see. I'm excited to, I'm excited for them. You made your market a pretty big piece this year, (laughs) as well as the team with their continued success. You know, kind of as you transition into that, um, Obviously, great community support. You mentioned a real family atmosphere from the coaching staff down, even into the athletic department. Now you've got that whole specter of kind of the unknown. You've got the professional realm of basketball. A little bit more cutthroat, obviously. Everybody, you know, wants that roster spot. And because of the fact that there just aren't a ton of WNBA teams, those are a lot harder to come by. Is Have you had been able to lean on anybody either a former teammate player coach who is giving you a little bit of kind of the roadmap of how to how to attack that transition into professional sports 
Yeah, I mean, the coaching staff is a great resource because they have Juju from last year. So they have kind of guided me and, you know, let me know kind of the hard reality about the WNBA and professional basketball um, with the little roster spots and, you know, a small amount of teams. It's not ideal for women's basketball players to play here in the United States just because, you know, limited spots and whatever. But um, the potential for professional basketball overseas um, is a great opportunity for, you know, players like me. And so I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, but I'm also excited to see what, you know, this year what the Dallas Wings looks like going into training camp. And um, I just always have that in the back of my mind. Like, you know, I'm I'm open to develop my game overseas first, um, if that's what it has to be. But ultimately, obviously, the the big the big factor here is getting to the WNBA. And so I'm excited to see what my, my journey to the WNBA looks like. And you took part in the combine down in Texas over kind of that Final Four weekend. How was that experience from kind of like your first taste of professional aspect and getting your foot in the door? No, it was it was a really cool experience. I met a lot of a lot of girls that were look, also looking to make it to the professional level. Um, so we played a lot of pickup, and I played against some really good athletes, really good shooters, um, just overall really great players, and so. It was it was nice to have you know different people along your side, but it, it made me miss playing here even more. But no, it was a really cool experience, and so I'm I'm glad that I took part in that, and I think that's kind of what sold the Dallas Wings to to draft me is seeing me you know with different people by my side on my team and going up against different athletes. Um, so. Really thankful that, that the Pro Hoops Combine put that on for us and I was able to be a part of it. This is a much broader question in a way that I don't expect you to have an answer for, but obviously it's a very loyal fan, passionate fan base for women's basketball here in town for Illinois State. And as we've kind of seen, especially over the last five, six years across the country at the Division One level, this is more the norm than it is kind of an irregularity. And at a number of schools, those numbers, those attendance numbers, that passionate fan base, you know, multiplies by significant numbers, as we saw with the Final Four this year, the interest in the NCAA tournament, things like that. Do you think the incredible growth that's really taken place over the last few years in the women's basketball at the collegiate level will lead maybe not necessarily to a bigger pool of teams in the WNBA, but maybe even a different league stateside offering some opportunities for professional basketball because it seems like this is something that's really hot and people could really take advantage of from a media sales standpoint and, and ticket sales for a lot of people in parts of the country. Yeah, I mean, it's been so exciting to be a part of and to watch how much the women's game has grown in every aspect, but especially at the collegiate level and the NCAA. And especially this past year, I feel like it's just taken off exponentially. And so it was really cool to see, you know, the game get a little bit more love on the women's side. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's only going to transfer over to the professional level. Um there's a lot of big names in women's sports right now and so they deserve that that attention and so I think that eventually there will be an expansion within the WNBA um, and I hope that there will be 
you know, um, another league or maybe something like the NBA G League or something like that for the WNBA to, to keep, you know, women over here in the States um, and ha give them an opportunity to be able to play that professional basketball um, here um, in their home country. And um, I think that I, I sure hope that that happens, but I think it, it might take a little bit, um, a little bit more time. But no, I'm excited to see how much the the game grows at at the professional level. Obviously, your professional career is front and center as it should be right now, um, having just been drafted on April 10th. But long term wise, with regard to your major at Drury, your classes here, what kind of is the long term plan for Paige Robinson? I mean, I want to play basketball till the wheels fall off, <laughs> but um, no, I can't. I can't get rid of the game anytime soon. Um, I think once I am done playing, I'd love to stick around the game. Um, maybe coaching, maybe on the business side of things. Um, so I'm kind of open to anything. I'm I'm in the sports management grad program here, um, and I love it. I love being able to to kind of see a different side of sports, um, and so that's just something that has really piqued my interest and. Um, as, as long as I can, I want to play basketball, but I'm definitely going to be sticking around sports for a while. We mentioned the fact you're from Bethany, Illinois, which not very far from here, but at the same time, you didn't grow up in Bloomington Normal. You haven't been here a year, but I'll put you, I'll put you a little bit on the record at this point. Favorite food in the Twin Cities since you've been here? Oh, man. The one thing that you will really miss food-wise. <laughs> That's tough. There's so many great restaurants here. Um, I think I'll probably miss Pop-Up Chicken Shop the most. That's that's definitely my favorite right now. How about favorite spot on campus? Favorite spot on campus, food-wise or? No, overall. And I don't think we, we got to go somewhere else in the arena. Can't be the arena. I was going to say, Sef Q Arena. <laughs> um, we'll go North Gym. <laughs> I love getting shots up there. And that's pretty much it. All I go to, so Seth Kirin or, or North Gym. <laughs> so right now, obviously, as we tape this in, in mid-April, what, from a conditioning standpoint, there's not much off-season for you now at this point. I mean, generally speaking, this would be the time you might take a little bit of time off to, to rest the legs after a long season, but not at this point, the way the, the professional schedule lays out. Yeah, no, I don't think I've I've really taken time off since the season ended. Um, I'm just really excited to to keep moving forward and keep progressing to get to that professional level. And so, it's just a really exciting process for me. I love the game so much. I just like can't stay away from it for too long. And so, thinking about taking time off is not in my vocabulary. But no, I I love the process and and seeing the growth and continuing to progress into that uh, professional level. Well, Paige, thank you so much for your time today. We wish you all the best and continued success. That's Paige Robinson, the reigning Missouri Valley Conference Women's Basketball Player of the Year, the Valley Newcomer of the Year, and one of the newest members of the Dallas Wings of the WNBA. That'll do it for our show this week. For our guest, Paige Robinson, and our entire crew, this is John Fitzgerald. We'll talk to you next time right here on In the Nest. This has been In the Nest the Illinois State Athletics Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Xfinity Mobile Redbird Sports Network. 
Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.